Welcome to In 20XX. This series takes the listener, year by year, into the future. If you like emerging tech, ecotech, futurism, skepticism, apocalyptic survival scenarios, and disruptive science, sit back and enjoy short stories that showcase my research into how the future may play out. In 2047, after automation took more jobs than at any other time in history, Christian nationalists of America offered jobs to anyone who wanted to work. The workers raised new towns. They built by hand family houses and community buildings. They built more than 50 new towns. But soon after that, data farming jobs became popular, and most of the people who worked for the CNA got data farming jobs and left the fledgling towns. The faithful who wanted to stay and work for CNA moved to 10 of the new towns, the properties in the 40-odd towns that were abandoned are up for sale. When Blaine was in high school, Meanies called him Troll Boy. He looks hunched over even when he stands up straight. After high school, he was a construction worker until automation dissolved most construction jobs. Living in a squat in New Orleans, he makes some money by letting a company record all his online activity. When he wants to save to buy something, he signs into an active data mining site and gives feedback on content. Most people only use one dating app less than they use social media. Blaine, on the other hand, spends two to five hours a day on the three major dating apps. He fills out all the survey questions and all the profile boxes, looks at hundreds of femme profiles, and messages hundreds of femmes. At 24, his dating life has caused him to look hard at every aspect of himself, his looks, his charm, his smarts, his amount of goodness, and all the rest. Femmes don't find him attractive, but look around. He's not alone. Of everyone he knows, most people hardly achieve universal attractiveness. The couple he knows seems to have defied all odds and are together, not because either is attractive, but because they fit each other. Like pineapple and pizza, like loud music and riding in a car. B and T love each other because they do nothing but smoke pot and play the ruins of Firebend all day. U and F are a thing because U is hyper and F is easygoing. Would any of them be with anyone if they hadn't lucked out? Knowing them, probably not. Blaine uses dating apps like it's a part-time job, and he manages to go on about one date a week. He estimates that for universal attractiveness, he rates about a two or a three, and one date a week is killing it for a two or three. Most of his data farming earnings come from his use of the apps, so in a sense, it is his job. Years withstanding the fires of rejection have burned all hurt feelings away. How many times has he looked across a cafe table at the disappointed expression on the face of a femme he longs for? He couldn't answer that question. These days, he's forgotten that femme by the time he gets home. Where other twos and threes gave up a long time ago, he sticks with it. Maybe he's hornier for real Hume intimacy, or maybe he believes nothing matters more. As far as finding the one who loves him and he, her, that's like playing to win the lottery, but he can lose all the time, and if he wins just once, then it's like he never lost. He messages with a femme a few times, and she agrees to meet at a piano bar at noon. When he gets there, he looks for the violet scarf she said she'd wear. No violet scarf. Surprised that someone as good-looking as her, at least from her photos, would agree to meet with him, he sits at the counter instead of a table, the place is nearly empty. No one plays the piano on the tiny stage. One very skinny bloke at the other end of the counter looks unhappy to be sober. He stares at his torp as he drinks. She shows 
chunky but pretty cute, wearing a black jumper with her violet scarf. Ten minutes into their conversation, she says she has an appointment at 12.30. They make small talk, and she's distracted by whatever her AR glasses are displaying in her peripheral. In mid-sentence, she pauses while her eyes scan back and forth, looking down. She says, Sorry, it's just, have you heard of Jobs Navigator? He says, No. She says, It's a new app. It finds jobs for people. He says, Oh, it's like Tempnation? She says, No, not at all. It's an assistant. In fact, it plugs into assistant. How's it go? Our AI's purpose is to raise your standard of living. He says, Well, that sounds good. She says, Yes, well, hey, I don't want to be late. I should go. It was nice to meet you. He says, Yes, you too. As he walks home, he sees more robots than people. Giantess bots roll down streets. Their legs unfold when they walk up steps to leave packages on doorsteps. A bot washes a storefront window, and another clears leaves from the sidewalk with an air blower. A femme with stripes dyed into her hair, carrying a flute, walks past him. Rainwater tanks, solar panels, rooftop wind turbines, and cell towers clutter buildings and houses all over the city. What was she distracted by? An assistant that helps you find a job? She looked excited about it. The most amazing things he's learned recently have been on dates, not that he planned it that way. Some people read Reddit to stay ahead of trends. He goes on dates. One femme talked about the band Tomboy. Another femme put, the aliens have landed on his radar. He doesn't try to be trendy, but he must admit, femmes have clued him into things. Because of that, the things he can speak about in casual conversation cause people to appreciate him, even if they don't choose him to be the father of their children. As he walks home, he says, search work navigator. Assistant appears walking beside him and says, do you mean jobs navigator? The femme you spoke with a few minutes ago talked about jobs navigator. He says, yes, that's it. Assistant says, would you like me to introduce the app to you? He says, yes. Assistant says, take the work out of looking for work. Our AI's only purpose is to raise your standard of living. With more sites and services out there helping to find you a job, no one person can exhaust all their options. And yet too many people feel work is not to be found. Jobs Navigator searches all options for you. It learns who you are and offers you real-time advice. Using the latest in farm data, our AI has mapped paths that lead to success and can help you make your path to more money, security, and opportunities. He installs the app. When he clicks on it, assistant says, this app wants to integrate with me. Would you like that? He says, sure. Assistant says, starting, hello, I'm now part of assistant and I can help you make more money. Do I have your permission to access work-related sites you belong to? He says, okay. Assistant says, I see you work for DFN. They helped create me. Do I have your permission to sign you up for more job-related sites and organizations? He says, yes. Assistant says, I've signed you up for 4,024 job sites and organizations. Congratulations. I've found three of your resumes, 10 applications, and online work profiles. Is the information accurate? It's in your best interest to provide me with accurate information. He tries to remember if he ever lied about work experience. Nothing comes to mind. He says, yes. Assistant says, I do more than find you work. I can be your economic advisor. 
I can help you gain the training and experience you need to reach higher pay grades. I can help you find the places of work that suit you. You can always tell me how I can serve you better. Do you have limits to who you'll work for? As an example, you may not want to work for a company of certain political leanings. He says, no. Assistant says, I can give you job alerts as soon as there's an opening, daily, weekly, or at any time you choose. I have a job for you now, a few blocks from here. A femme needs help getting her cat out of a tree, and she's posted to Temps USA, which I signed you up for. The job pays $10. Would you like the job? He leaps in the air, clicks his heels, and says, Oh, hell yes! Blue arrows appear on the sidewalk. The assistant says, You can always talk to me about what kind of work you want. For now, you may want more temp jobs, but over time, you may want to look for a full-time position. He jogs over the blue arrows and says, Sounds fucking fabulous. The next day, assistant says, Blaine, wake up. A storm is on the way. You should go to the nearest storm shelter. I've laid out the route for you. He rolls over in his bed next to the window that looks out on a tiny yard and the street. Normally, the air in his shotgun house squat smells musty, but gales have pushed fresh air through the walls. He says, Really? Couldn't I just go in the basement of this building? Assistant says, People die when they make choices like that. Cancel all your plans for the next day or two. The shelter will provide food, water, medical care, emotional support, and a dry, safe place to stay. The skies darken, and the wind pushes and shoves him around as he follows the arrows down the cracked and broken-up sidewalk. Shutters rattle. A squirrel comes out from under a bush, and a wind blows it across the road. Twigs and garbage fly through the air. The shelter location must have been a post office or records building. People enter through six doors side by side at the top of wide steps. The hall inside echoes. His AR arrows lead him down steps and into one of many large meeting rooms. He claims a cot as more enter the room and also sit on cots. People avoid looking at each other. He takes off his backpack, sets it down, and air scrolls through AR social media. Assistant says, I've looked through your social media accounts and search history. You like building things. Would you be interested in volunteering installing dry toilets for homeless elderly to gain work experience? He says, I'm not sure. An old femme on the cot next to his says, Who are you talking to? She has a skull outline tattooed on her face. He says, My assistant is asking me questions. I'm trying out a new AI that'll upgrade my standard of living. An old dude with wild eyes one caught past hers who might be her significant other says, Oh, I heard about that. I heard that was a scam. Blaine says, What? No. The old guy says, Giving your life over to an AI? That's crazy. Who's the robot now? Assistant says, There may be a great job out there for you and you just don't know about it. We should talk about dreams and goals. Is there any activity you want to try for fun? Any hobbies? Blaine says, Try? Um, I like to cook. Assistant says, Good. Can I introduce you to some free online education services? He says, Sure. The femme says, What? The old guy says, He's not talking to us. Young people can just tune you out like that. Hell, we used to have to use smartphones. Kids these days don't know how easy they have it. The old femme chuckles knowingly. The storm howls outside, growing in strength. Lights flicker and at times the building shakes. The place is packed. Blaine sees a room full of strangers until he recognizes first one, then two femmes who he went on dates with. 
Both don't seem to notice him, but both seem to be on their own, he notices. Robots carry supplies. They navigate around the crowded cots and people with ease. The old guy says, new robots. Oh, wow, they look so hume. Wow, they move just like people too. The femme says, uh, that gives me the creeps. The old guy says, at least they didn't paint them skin tones. The next day when the storm has cleared, Blaine discovers the roof on his squat is missing. The front door is gone, and a dead crow lies on the floor next to his bed which drips with rainwater. Well, the nice thing about being poor is he didn't have much to lose. Lots of his pots and pans are still in the kitchen. Assistant says, I have 42 job offers for you right now. In the aftermath of the storm, you can find a lot of temp jobs. Shall I tell you about the highest paying one near here? Months later, Blaine takes an auto cab to a rig rental facility. If he had his own rig, he wouldn't have to come down here every day. On the outskirts of town, he nears the self-storage building where rigs have been installed in lockers. He uses rigs for his job, remote controlling home repair robots that have become stuck or messed up always for different reasons. The rental rigs are kept clean and all the lockers are a comfortable 18 degrees, but Blaine dislikes showing up here to work. Wearing his haptic bodysuit, he climbs up into the rig, straps himself in, and stuffs his extremities into the gloves and boots. Oh shit, he forgot to take his glasses off. He pulls one hand out of the glove, takes off his glasses, and tosses them to the floor. As he pulls the headset down over his head, it switches on, and his world is transformed into a blue sphere surrounding him. Assistant says, Good morning, Blaine. You have two jobs waiting. Are you ready to get started? Two thumbnail pics of job sites appear with descriptions below. One bot has fallen backward into a river where it had been rebuilding stairs. He'll take care of this one first. Do bots still work when they fall into a river? He guesses he'll find out. He air taps the thumbnail. When he assumes control of the bot, the rig tips him back so his legs are higher than his head. He sees murky light in the river water. He turns his head left and sees his left robot hand has slid under a rotted log. As the robot, he swings his right hand over, places it on the log, and pushes the left arm out. On his ride home, assistant says, You're in a good place to think about buying a home. Home prices are extremely low because so many humes died during the media attack and using robots to build costs a fraction of hiring humes to build. Still, the cost of land will only increase as society gets back on its feet. If you continue to rent, you're missing out on an opportunity to build capital. Blaine says, yes, yes, I know. I just think of buying a place as more permanent and I don't see myself living here the rest of my life. Assistant says, if that's the case, you should think about places you'd like to live long term. Blaine says, I hate doing that. Assistant says, I have here a couple of options I think you'll like. The group Christian Nationalists of America has recently lost 80% of its membership. Its members have relocated, leaving 42 newly built towns vacant. I put together a video of Champ, Missouri for you to watch. Blaine watches the footage of brand new homes in a picturesque landscape. The quaintness tugs at his heart. He gasps and says, I can tell they're hand-built. Assistant says, yes, and CNA wants to liquidate. Each home is selling for $100. Blaine clears his throat and says, Can I see inside the homes? Assistant says, Here's a new video showing you inside the homes. Having a rig installed in his house costs more than the house. 
Built for raising a family, the house has three small bedrooms. The rig is in the smallest bedroom. His house is mostly empty, and the houses around his are mostly vacant. It's normal to be making breakfast and see deer walk down the middle of the road. The nearest town is 10K, away. Ordering from Giantess costs extra unless he orders large amounts. Drones fly packages to his front steps. The idea of a tornado coming through and damaging his house pops into his mind every time the wind blows. He binge watches videos about retrofitting houses. Every day, people post more videos on how to storm-proof houses using the latest techniques. The topic buzzes online. Humes may be cash poor, but they're time rich and can take on big projects. He cuts the overhanging eaves off his house. Then he builds boxes around the windows and extends them further out. He digs a trench around the house down to the footer, piling dirt to the side. From rooftop to footer, he covers the house in carb wire mesh, many layers of it. It's similar to chicken wire. When he first climbs up on the roof, he laughs when he sees the giantess tower on the other side of a distant hill. Squinting, he sees the specks of drones flying from it to make deliveries. One drone gets bigger as it nears him. It reaches his house and drops down a box on a cable hand. He climbs down a ladder and opens the box on the porch. It contains 200 little packets of mycrete. When he mixes a packet with dirt or sand and water, the engineered microbes in the packet multiply and turn the mixture into a pourable mud that'll harden stronger than Portland cement. The microbes form tiny air bubbles, so the final product has great insulating properties and is a lot lighter than Portland cement. Using cardboard, he builds a wall a meter out from the footer. Shoveling dirt from the piles into a wheelbarrow, he mixes his first batch of mycrete and pours it between the temp wall and footer. He continues building the temp wall higher and pouring the mycrete between it and his house. The mycrete shell, when he's done, will cover the entire house. It'll be a meter thick at the base and a quarter meter thick over the roof. The sides will slant in from bottom to top, making winds blow over the house instead of hitting it head on. With the eaves gone, the shell will transition from the walls to the roof as one piece. Fall is a great time to do this project. Working in the evenings, he avoids the heat. Physical activity outside soothes his heart like nothing else can. Food never tastes better. He goes to sleep with sore muscles and sleeps deep. Climbing out of the trench, he spots a truck coming down the road. He lets his shovel fall to the ground and wipes his brow with the back of his arm. The truck pulls over and two guys get out. They both wear guns, rough tattoos, and improvised military clothes. One wears a white Christian nationalist cap. The other wears brass knuckles which he draws attention to by placing his hand palm down on his chest. They walk toward Blaine like they own his property. Brass Knuckles guy says, Looks like we got a neighbor out here. Blaine feels panic set in. As much as he tries, he can't stop from shifting around. He stiffly nods. Hello. Knuckles guy says, We live... Oh, pretty much that way. We belong to the Tucker group. You gonna have a problem with that? Blaine's father is black. He tries to relax the scowl off his face and says, Nope. Saying it makes his throat hurt. WCN cap guy walks across the yard and looks down the side of Blaine's house. Knuckles says, What the hell you doing to your house? Both Tuckers laugh. Blaine says, Stormproofing. Knuckles says, Stormproofing. He seems lost in thought. Blaine's glasses are on the porch. He starts to bend to pick up the shovel and thinks better of it. The town of Champ doesn't have police. 
Knuckles says, Is it just you? You got any pets? Did he just ask Blaine that? Blaine slowly shakes his head while his thoughts jump around like caged birds in a house fire. Jasmine lives in Key West. She tried online dating once and was horrified. Bombarded by messages ranging from unpleasant to scary, she quit long before she found the messages she may have wanted to read and respond to. Now 23, she tries again. All she does is post one low-res photo of herself and answer two profile questions. She uses an app where she picks people she likes before they can message her. It seems like every single one she gives the green check mark to messages her. Most of the messages are manipulative, ambivalent muck that depresses her. Some examples? I go to a mass shooting if I can't go out with you. I bet you a bitch you so hot. And the women should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission. Corinthians 14.34 Let's face it, Jasmine is hot. She could put on her profile that she has terminal cancer, that she dropped out in the third grade because school became too hard for her, and that she likes toxicity in the home and people would still try their hardest to get her. Some hot people like to be hot. A lot of people want to be hot. But last year, Jasmine thought she could be a funny person, like good at comedy until she signed up for a social site without revealing her looks and posted some jokes and witticisms. The only two people who bothered to respond say, that's not funny? And are you trying to be funny? Hotness is like one outfit, and why would she want to base her entire identity on one outfit? She made a lot of money at the talent agency. They 3D scanned her, recorded her speaking, and even sampled her DNA, then they stopped calling. Today when she goes online, she sees herself playing bit parts in movies, posing for ads, and selling things in commercials, but it isn't her. It's a 3D scan of her. Walking around her mini-mansion, she says to her friend Overlink, I need to make money, I can't pay the mortgage with data farming. Her friend says, I know what you can do. She says, don't tell me to be a sugar baby. I'm sick of people telling me I should be a sugar baby like I'm letting something go to waste if I don't. Her friend says, I was going to say you should come to my party tonight. Lots of important people will be there. She says, I can't. I already promised Divya I'd go to her party. Her friend says, why do you hang out with Divya? There won't be any important people at her party. You still think parties are for having fun. She says, if I'm not having fun, I'll leave. Her friend says, oh, you're so funny. Her laughter sounds like a little acapella. For a moment, Jasmine does regard herself as someone who can be funny, but it doesn't last long. She knows she isn't funny, but does it matter? She sees funny people work it the way hot people work it. It's a thing they found they have that they can use to get what they want. If anything, funny people are more obsessed with using their funniness than good-looking people are about using their looks. It's all just so animalistic. Windy, that's the name she gave her assistant. Windy appears in front of her and says, Jasmine, storm alert in full effect. You have only a short time to make it to the nearest shelter. Her friend says, what's that? Jasmine says, oh God, I told you I'm staying here, not you, I'm talking to my assistant. Her friend says, oh, is it bugging you about the hurricane? I turned mine off until the storm passes. Though it's midday, it looks like it could be night out. Usually, she has a great view of the water, but all she sees is swaths of misty darkness, with things flying horizontally through the air. In a bed in emergency, Jasmine says, Call Pam. Pam's avatar appears standing by the bed. 
She wears an oversized sweater over stick-on clothing. Who knows what Pam is actually wearing? She says, Jasmine, you surprised me. How are you? Jasmine says, Have you watched the news about Hurricane Ron? Pam says, Yes, of course. Pam's avatar dips her head and moves her hands about like a shop window automaton. Jasmine says, Well, it destroyed my home. She takes shallow breaths and tries to move as little as possible. Pam says, Oh my gosh, how horrible. You know, if you ever need a place to stay, you can always come live with us. Her avatar's face looks excited. It must be mimicking Pam's expression, using the VR dots in Pam's face. Jasmine says, Where are you living now? Pam says, It's the greatest place. It's called Champ in Missouri. And if people knew about it, it'd get gentrified in hours. Jasmine says, Oh, I wanted you to still be in Florida. Pam says, My brother is in the spare room, but I should tell him he can go. He's lived with us too long. Jasmine says, I don't want you to do that. Pam says, You must see my garden, and we can take selfies in my garden, we can post them. If you move here, this town will get gentrified for sure. Did you know I wanted to open a cafe slash breakfast nook? Jasmine says, I'm broke. She pouts. Pam says, I have some flight kilometers saved up. Pam, her husband Nate, and two kids meet Jasmine at the airport. The 26-gate terminal is mostly empty of humes. Robots the size of shopping carts shine the floors. A wheeled robot with a flatbed near the floor and one arm taller than a person follows the group bringing Jasmine's luggage. Jasmine laughs when she sees their utility car, the only car parked at passenger pickup. Utility cars have truck beds that fold up into trunks when not used. They board, and Nate says, Take us home. The car starts moving with a jolt but continues smoothly. She says, Wow, it even has a steering wheel. I can't believe you own your own car. Wearing her best dress, Pam says, You pretty much have to. Champ is tiny. You'll love it, though. Two cars can fit on the road, but the utility car drives down the middle. Jasmine says, The plants look weird. Pam says, Invasive species are taking over invasive species that took over farmland. That vine there, she points at a thorny vine that chokes out field after field. It's genetically engineered. You may think a long dry season kills it off, but a little rain will bring it all back to life. Nate says, we've got goats. Pam says, yes, lots of us have goats to eat back the invasive species. It's a never-ending siege on the town. Some of the houses are already past saving. Jasmine says, past saving? Pam says, swallowed up by drought-loving, illegally engineered thorny plants. Pam's son, Meritocracy, Merit for short, uses air sticks vigorously, his glasses frosted over. The daughter Equity stares at Jasmine. When Jasmine makes eye contact, Equity says, Are you a princess? Jasmine says, I'm actually a frog, but a bad witch put a spell on me and turned me into this. The daughter's eyes grow big as if to say, Really? Pam says, My friend is kidding. The girl slowly smiles and nods her head as if to say, I get it. Forty minutes later, they drive into Champ. Pam says, So just stay away from the west side. Some neo-hate proud boy incels are living there, but don't worry. They started keeping to themselves after a group of us co-purchased some canine sentry bots. We have a solid community on the east side, and everyone's nice. Jasmine watches the new houses go by. 
Untended grasses, vines, and shrubs are getting out of hand in yards of empty houses until they reach the east side where goats on leashes anchored to spikes chew endlessly. Once home, Nate goes to the neighbors. The kids don headsets, climb into harnesses that hang from the ceiling, and move about with all their limbs as they play in virtual realities. Pam and Jasmine sit in a dining nook drinking tea. Pam says, I didn't think you'd be able to come here. Last time I saw you, you had so much work. Jasmine laughs with a sneer and says, I haven't worked for two years. Pam says, well, you haven't had to. Jasmine says, no, I can't get work. She snorts. Pam wiggles on the bench and says, haven't you heard of Jobs Navigator? Jasmine says, no. Pam claps her hands and says, oh, you won't believe it. Within minutes of Jasmine installing the app, hundreds of job offers present themselves, floating in front of her in AR. Jasmine reads from the top listing. One, companion for important dinner engagements. Two, do you like to travel? Fly with me. Bring a bathing suit. Three, I'm loaded. Help me make my ex-wife jealous when I pick up the kids. Pam nods and says, those sound promising. Jasmine says, no, they sound awful. Uh, if I have to read through all these, I'll get depressed. Pam says, you don't have to. Tell assistant what kinds of jobs you don't want. Wendy, the size of a figurine standing on the table, bows toward Jasmine and says, you say you don't want certain kinds of jobs? I learn from the choices you make. You can, Jasmine interrupts. I don't want any jobs with sexual overtones. Wendy says, how about a bikini barista? Jasmine says, no. Wendy says, one-on-one -on -one lingerie modeling for a Fifth Avenue. No, Jasmine says. She watches the list dwindle to six. Wendy says, a month from now, positions for cruise hostess are opening. Jasmine says, that's, that's not bad. Hmm. She smiles at Pam who grows teary-eyed to see Jasmine smile. Jasmine says, I may like that. Both femmes laugh. Jasmine says, I can't believe that just happened. My tea is still warm. The mycrete shell wall fills in most of the trench so Blaine shovels dirt into the remaining gap. The wall is two-thirds complete around his house. He uses guide string to determine the slant of its outer surface. When he pours the wall around the basement window extensions, he gets excited getting a sense of how the windows will look like square tunnels from the outside to the inside, and he'll fit new glass and frames to the new exterior surface. More people move to East Champ, and their attitudes toward his project improve as the wall rises and he makes pours around the extensions surrounding the main floor windows, the front porch, and the back door. His house looks bigger than the others. Mycrete has an earthier color than Portland cement. It looks nice, kind of like adobe. The roof still looks whacked with layer upon layer of large whole carb mesh, but his neighbors can imagine the final look. While he mixes a batch of mycrete, a video plays on his glasses. Brothers, if you want dating advice that works, try this. Instead of listening to some self-elected dipshit on tube about how to get hot femmes, take the time to become friends with one femme. Go do things with her, making it clear you're happy to be friends and nothing more. You'll get laid more often, not with your friend femme, but with femmes who notice you aren't an idiot. You will be less of an idiot about femmes the more time you interact with them. Don't even bother listening to advice online. Most of it is fucked up bullshit that plays on your insecurities. 
He looks up in time to see the neighbors, including their hothouse guest, walk from their house to the car. Blaine feels his face burning and he'd literally kick himself if he could. Pam, her family, and Jasmine ride to the nearest town and come home with a dog-slash-goat chimera. It's just a puppy and does look like a goatish puppy. Pam dumps some compost on a pan and sets it down before the animal. It sniffs and begins eating. Pam happily screams and hops up and down. The kids come up to it and pet it. Equity says, What do we call it? A goat or a dog? Pam says, It's mostly a dog, so let's call it a dog. As if in response, the chimera barks and wags its curled tail. Merritt says, Its bark sounds weird. Pam says, Well, it'll act like a dog and eat our compost, so I'm not complaining. The girl says, Look how fast it eats. Rufo hooves at 7K from the roadside bus stop to the town of Champ. He could be handsome, but he uses darkened glasses, facial hair, and his cap pressed down low to hide his face. It makes his head look smaller than normal. As he walks down the Kalicha streets, it feels like a ghost town, except the buildings are all new. Proportioned 1930s style, the porches are small, and the front doors and windows are narrow. All the roofs are single pane, angled to capture sunlight and covered with solar panels. Wild plants crowd the yards of the vacant homes. Some of the plants look like they belong in a bee film about an alien planet. He gets lost for a few blocks until he sees the houses with a bunch of shit in the yards and beater cars parked up and down the street. A pile of bullseye targets shifts in the wind in one yard. Tort bottles litter another yard. A Confederate flag hangs off a porch. He tries the nearest door. A guy with bloodshot eyes opens it and says, Sorry, you got the wrong house. Queers are that way. Ha ha ha. He holds a torp bottle with the same hand he points with. Rufo nods. His lips can't be seen under his mustache, and his eyes can't be seen behind his glasses. Six of them live in two houses. They did try squatting in some of the unsold houses, but a liquidation company sends robots to check the unsold houses. Rufo data farms for a living. All his new buddies do the same. They each put some money toward a fund to buy a third house, but with the amount of money they all make, it'll take over a year. He can't remember who found out about Jobs Navigator first. They all started using it the same night, sitting together in one of the living rooms. One dude they all call Skull Fang gets offered all kinds of jobs and disappears the next day. Rufo and the rest get offered data farming jobs. The one they all choose pays for recordings of their military training. With their VR dots and links, a company can record all their movement in 3D. It can map the terrain where they play army. They start to train every day. Buzzing, they go into an old landfill that now looks like a land of dunes with lots of shrubs and small trees. Not only do they buy the third house, they drive to the city to pick up drug-saturated prostitutes. For Rufo, this is Christmas morning every day. Before coming out here, he'd dress in camo, put on face paint, and take his weapons out into the woods to practice. When he practices with others, he no longer has that niggling feeling that he must look like a nut alone in the woods all dressed up for play war. The money he makes quadruples. This redefines getting paid for doing what you love. Did you know people who have a lot of sex can get paid for data farming that? Who cares why companies are recording people wearing and humping? They pay people. Dropping toppers, buzzier than he planned to get, Rufo pushes his rifle ahead as he crawls on his belly, trying to get to the top of a small hill without detection. He drops flat when assistant says, Public storm alert, severe storm warning for Champ, Missouri. 
residents are advised to take immediate precautions to ensure their safety. A powerful storm system is rapidly approaching your area, bringing with it the potential for damaging winds, heavy rainfall, lightning, hail, and flash flooding. Please take the following precautions. Stay informed. Say storm update for the latest news. Be prepared. Say emergency checklist to start preparing. Go directly to the nearest certified emergency shelter. Don't shelter at home. Your emergency shelter is Warrior Jesus Church on 1st and Main. Say directions to shelter. Don't delay. Getting shelter is the most important thing you need to do right now to ensure your survival. I urge you to take this storm warning seriously and act immediately. Jasmine and Pam stand in Pam's backyard garden, holding coffees and looking at the neighbor's house. The entire exterior has been covered with a thick shell as hard as stone. New outer windows cover the square holes leading to the original windows. Instead of the porch sticking out from the house, it's now a recess. With the eaves gone, the house looks like one rounded block. Pam says, at least those big piles of dirt are gone. Jasmine says, it reminds me of a marshmallow. You're living next to a marshmallow house. Pam says, well, now I have to make sure not to get it in any of my picture posts. Jasmine says, peeps might think it's cutting edge. Maybe some New Yorkers will see it and want to move out here. Pam's eyes grow wide and she says, you think so? A pop-up appears in front of Jasmine. She reads the heading. Pam says, what is it? Jasmine says, oh, it's from Jobs Navigator. It's an ad. We found you a job. Now let's find your special one. Hey, Pam, I'm going to look at this. Pam says, don't let me stop you. Jasmine walks to the other side of the garden as she clicks on the ad. Mindy appears standing in front of her and says, the makers of Jobs Navigator have a new product, Dates Navigator. Just as we've taken the work out of looking for work, we take the work out of looking for love. Thanks to a deluge in data about how Humes date online, we have a new AI. It turns out that Humes follow highly predictable patterns. Who you inevitably agree to go on a date with correlates with what you shop for, the non-romance sites you visit, and the posts you make to your social media sites. Never fill out a lengthy dating profile again. The chances of you receiving unwanted messages and catfishing go drastically down because our AI has trained on message exchanges and can predict who you will decide to meet in person. Jasmine says, sounds promising. Mindy says, yes, would you like to install it? Jasmine says, sure. Mindy says, hold on, public storm alert, severe storm warning for Champ, Missouri. You're advised to take immediate precautions to ensure their safety. Jasmine looks at Pam who looks back with bared teeth. Jasmine calls out, are you getting the alert? Pam nods. Blaine lies in his living room on top of three puff blankets. The inside of his house has a drastically different ambiance. The sounds behave like they're in a deep cave. The town of Champ can get windy, and he always felt it against the sides of his house, but not now. New houses are efficient at temperature control, but the shell makes it cost less to heat and cool his house than to run his refrigerator. He stands and walks from one window to the next. Each window is a long box from the interior to the outside window glass. What everyone calls glass is actually composite material that performs much better than silicate glass ever could. The dehumidifier panels mounted on the walls in each room and powered by indoor light suck moisture out of the air and produce pure water. He gets about a liter of pure water a day. 
The dry air improves temperature control efficiency, makes the interior more sanitary, and slows the aging of the house and anything in it. Not that he wants to collect antique books, but if he did, the inside of his house would be an ideal place to store them. The system that brings fresh air into the house works well. Thermal conductive pipes that bring in the air are fused next to pipes that draw air out. The air leaving the house changes the temperature of the air coming in. A house that doesn't bring in fresh air can become an incubator for microbes that target humes. By flushing a house with fresh air, multitudes of microbes that ignore humes dominate the environment, increasing the health of humes who live there. Blaine doesn't need coffee today to maintain his excitement. He walks from room to room appreciating a goal accomplished. A pop-up appears and he clicks on it. Assistant says, From the people who brought you Jobs Navigator, a new AI is ready to help you find that special one. You spend an average of 2.3 hours a day using dating apps. But what if someone did all the searching for you? Blaine paces faster, in a circle. He looks at the floor as he listens. Assistant continues, Are you tired of creating profiles, selling yourself to potential mates? With Dates Navigator, you never need to fill out a dating profile again. But we do recommend that you post more on social media because the AI uses that data to find your perfect match. Did you know guys who like to play darts are 74% more likely to go on a date with femmes who like the cartoon Spriggets than with femmes who also like playing darts? You handle rejection like a power user, but wouldn't it be nice not to have to stick it out through all the turndowns to get the next date? You spend about an hour a day composing messages that never get answered. Our AI finds the femmes who will respond. Reclaim that extra hour to work on your house. Assistant abruptly stops, then speaks again with a serious tone. Public storm alert. Severe storm warning for Champ, Missouri. As Blaine listens, he goes from window to window, scrutinizing the conditions outside. He makes a fist with one hand and holds it with the other. After hearing the message, he steps outside. Even with fall setting in, the air feels hotter. Dark clouds move across the sky, and the wind pushes him backwards. The neighbors carry luggage across their yard. The mother shouts commands at the kids who look about, confused. The super-hot friend crosses the yard quickly, keeping her head low. The husband waves to Blaine and calls out. You hear the news? Blaine calls back. Yes. The husband says, Going to the shelter? Blaine says, Yes. Or maybe I won't. I think I can stay in my house. They all look up at him with worried expressions. The husband says, Are you sure about that? Assistant said the number one objective is to... His words trail off as he realizes Blaine must have heard. Blaine glances at the hot visitor. He wants to look longer, but he meets the husband's eyes and says, Yeah, I'm sure. In fact, you guys should stay at my house. The husband says, Oh no, the church has been through many storms already. Blaine kicks his head back and says, Sure, yeah, well, see you on the other side. The group waves to him before he returns inside. The way they look at him is like he's someone who fell off a boat into treacherous waters, and they wave goodbye as the boat takes them away. From his windows, he watches other neighbors leave their houses and walk or ride to the church. The first drops of rain hit the glass. The Tucker group gather in one of their basements. They only have four cases of torp, but when one of them tries to order, assistant says, Giantess has suspended all air deliveries until the storm in your area has passed. 
Seven dudes sit on boxes in a blown-out couch under a low ceiling of exposed beams. The house above creaks and shifts back and forth. The air soon smells like a bar filled with farm animals. One dude wears a headset, the others wear glasses. Everyone sits quietly tuning into AR and VR. When something large hits the house, they all look up. Sunk into the couch, Rufo pulls his head toward his chest so that his neck and chin disappear inside his jacket. He uses gestures to bring up Date's navigator through his glasses. An animation shows fall leaves, pumpkins, and a couple riding bikes down a picturesque street. Assistant says, With the free tier, you'll see my number one pick for you. I refresh my list once a month. With tier two, I'll give you my first, second, and third top picks for you. Would you like to look at the cost of each tier? He says no. Assistant says, Are you ready to see my number one pick for you for October? Remember, I signed you up for 161 dating sites. You gave me permission to review all your social media accounts. I estimate I saved you over a year of work making profiles, searching, and messaging to get to this point. Are you ready? With toppers in his system, his heart speeds forward. After drenching his throat with a swig of torp, he says, Sure. At first, he thinks he's looking at the picture of a femme from one of those real-life shows where cops try to catch a killer. She looks hard. She forgot about her hair days before the picture was taken. Her haggard eyes stare at the camera. Wait, she's wearing orange. He says, She was in prison? Assistant says, Right now she's in Folks and Femmes Penitentiary, which isn't far from where you live. One of the other Tucker says, Pinhead, keep it down. Rufo says, How much is Tier 2? Assistant says, $5 a month. Rufo says, Fart juice. Absurdly, this new situation is triggering ancient feelings. His mom married a man in prison. They stayed married for 17 years until he got out and she and Rufo had to skip town. Assistant says, I can play a video selfie she made. Would you like to see it? Well, he'll be in this basement with these losers for the next 24 hours. At least for entertainment, he can watch. He says, sure. A video plays of her at a bus stop in some industrial district. Soot covers everything. Buildings, cars, and the sidewalk. She holds the camera, probably on a foldable, close to her face and hollers, Trump lives. I just know it. I can't believe the fake news. Trump is alive. They didn't bury a body at his funeral. It was a cover-up. Rufo thinks, well, that's true. Before trying Date's Navigator, he was on a Trump is Alive site. There was a new sighting just this morning. Trump was seen behind a strip club in Oscar, Maine. Who do people think they are to question why he chooses to play dead for now? He places his thumb to his index finger and pulls them apart to zoom in on her picture. He'd get with her if he met her at a bar. He jerks his head skyward when a crashing sound shakes the house. The house starts to rattle and shake constantly like it's caught in a death grip with the wind. A huge drop of water hits his nose. Jaded Sniper points at him and laughs. Rufo covers his face with his sleeve and says, Fuck off. Jasmine spreads a blanket on a pew and sits on it. Twenty-four others settle into groups or a little off from others. The church has storm shutters which have been closed. Solar power for the building hasn't been maintained, and the overhead lights flicker to a point where they take a vote, and everyone agrees to shut them off. They set up a few lamps amongst the pews and those with camping lights switch them on. The winds throw objects that make explosive outbursts of noise when they hit the exterior, scaring children and pets. Everyone interacts respectfully, showing kindness at every turn. Jasmine wishes Humes didn't need a storm to start acting this way. She plays a card game with the kids and eats an early dinner of Sam's bacon sandwiches. Pam offers Jasmine some pineapple. 
Jasmine can't remember the last time she tried pineapple. No one could get it for so long. Now it's grown on super short trees and grow houses. She sets her glasses to headset mode and sound cancellation to max. She watches a movie to its halfway point, then air clicks around a few social media sites for a while. Oh yeah, there's that matchmaker AI. Her reluctance to start it grows stronger the more she considers opening it. Just have a look at it and then move on. She says, home. Her AR home screen appears. She air clicks on the app. Mindy says, you're still using tier one, the free tier. We have one match for you. The assistant goes on. They explain the pricing system. Jasmine says, who's my match? She quietly gasps when the 3D upper body of a man appears before her, rotating 45 degrees back and forth. He looks gawky the way some male movie stars and musicians look gawky, in ways that enhance their appeals. She says, who is he? Mindy says, this is Sylvester. He's a physics professor at Princeton University, or he was before most higher learning has been paused by a Supreme Court ruling. Jasmine says, wow. For the first time since she was 15, she feels a nervous, yummy warmth in her belly. Others take note as she wiggles on the pew with giddy excitement. Wanting to step back from this possibility, she takes off her glasses. She sees the others huddle together. Drops of water fall from the ceiling high above. Napkins and paper plates fly off a folding table. She says, noise cancellation off. The building groans. The wind howls in a chorus of many, many voices. It slaps the outer walls. The building shakes and groans. In a panic, everyone draws closer together. The children cry. In the dim light, all eyes are wide. Pam is crying. What should we do? Growing tense, Jasmine hugs her folded legs and stares up at the dark ceiling. Blaine listens to Song Voter while he grills up fajitas. If he doesn't like a song, he says, next. Song Voter is a project to rescue songs from oblivion. There are billions of songs made by Humes. The makers of Song Voter believe great hits are lost because too many songs get made. He likes how random Song Voter can be, though most of the time he says next, a few seconds into each song he hears. And yes, he learned about Song Voter from a femme he went on one date with. He needs to get a dog or a pet. Those leopard print dogs look cool. The giraffe neck dog looks funny, but he heard they have health issues. He flips the meat and veggies with big movements, but stops when he notices the view through the window. Rain and hail pelt the window in darkness. He says, stop music. The music stops. He turns down the burner, scoops the food off the skillet, sets it on a plate, and walks into the living room, listening. He can hear tapping, but it isn't coming from the walls. He leans into a window box. The sounds are coming from the window glass. In storms he's been through before, he could make out some of the landscape, but he can't see anything out there. He jumps when a large object hits the window, then disappears. What was that? A chair? Part of a building? The house seems to be holding up well. With the shell, the house doesn't move at all. Dead still. If not for the windows, he'd be in dead silence right now. Should he open the door? That's probably an awful idea. He shut the air intake vents so the interior atmosphere is sealed off. He doesn't know for sure, but maybe opening the door might cause the windows to blow out, or he could get hit by flying debris. Hopefully, the others are okay. After the storm, he'll need to check on everyone. Some of his neighbors are close to each other, organizing group activities. He should get more involved. He grabs his fajitas plate, heads to the couch, and says, Play Marriage Disasters, Upper Half. 
The reality show plays on the upper half of his point of view as he sits cross-legged and starts to eat. A notice waits for him in the lower left. It says, Dates Navigator has your top choice for October. Anxiety bathes his insides and he takes too big a bite of the too hot fajitas. Crap, what's this going to be like? He was kind of in a groove. Here goes nothing. He air taps the notice. The show disappears and an image of a femme takes up center view. He sits up as straight as possible. Wow, she's a hell of a lot better looking than most of the femmes he's been on dates with. If he'd seen her picture while searching profiles himself, he'd have passed over it, considering her out of his league. In his unfiltered thoughts where he thinks things he'd never utter out loud, he thinks that she could have been picked on for her looks when she was a kid. But she's one of those femmes who come back for school reunion and all the popular fuckers are wanting to ask her out. She's beautiful, but not in a conventional way at all. Hers is a beauty that the world has never seen before and will never see again. No AI could dream up her hotness. Surely, she'd go on no more than one date with him. Assistant says, This is Makia. She data farms for a living and is very involved in her local co-op. She raises chickens and makes hats. Her favorite show is Citizen Sleuth. Wow. No, she's too cool for him. Damn, she's sexy in a freaky kind of way. Holy crap. The next day when he wakes and looks out the window, the sky is all blue. He opens a closet and starts the air intake system. He takes the pot full of coffee out of the fridge and pours some in a glass. Wearing pajamas and Crocs, he opens the front door and steps out on the porch. He drops the glass. It falls and crashes on the porch. The town of Champ is flattened, saying, No, oh no, 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 no. He walks down the steps and into the yard. A giant field with bits and pieces of debris is all he can see where a hundred houses stood just yesterday. It's all gone. The church is gone. The cars are gone. The neighbor's houses and garden are nothing but dirt, some plant remains, and a gaping basement hole in the ground. The cavity holds flood water, but little else. Turning in circles, he wanders out to the road, half crying, call emergency, call emergency. Copters in the distance head in his direction. Thank you for listening. Please take the time to rate, review, and subscribe so that more future-minded people can find this show. My landing page is in 20xx.com. There, you can find the companion website to this podcast that includes an illustrated timeline and glossary.